Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. State and federal officials are warning farmers and cities to prepare for potential water shortages as the state's dry conditions reach worrisome levels. For more, we're joined by KQED's Dan Brecky, editor and reporter for KQED News. Hi, Dan. Hi, Mina. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. And of course, listeners, if you want to join us with your thoughts and questions, as always, you can call us at 866-733-6786, 866-733-6786. You can reach us on Twitter or Facebook at KQED Forum or email your questions to forum at kqed.org. All right, Dan, we're almost at the end of March, so we can now say no March miracle is on the way. <laughs> When it comes to no rain. March miracle, unless unless you like uh, really warm sunny days. Um, I mean, I, I suppose there's a miracle in that always. But no, the rainfall has been uh, disappointing for the second year in a row, and uh, the state is, you know, it, it's always a delicate balance, and uh, it's going to be a really delicate balance uh, over the next year. It looks like. So, just give us a picture of where we are. How much of the state is? experiencing what we call drought what are what parts of the state are are most vulnerable to these conditions right now well you know virtually the entire state is experiencing some form of um of sort of natural or hydrologic drought where there's a a shortage of water and rainfall. Um, There's one tiny exception to that along the Big Sur coast that had one really wet storm in January and they're actually above normal in this one little pocket, but it's below normal everywhere else. And and so, for instance, in the Bay Area, which is not a place where we store a lot of water, but, um, you know, the rainfall is between 35 and 45 percent in most places. And then in the Sierra, uh, snowpack is about 65 percent of normal. And uh, this uh, rainfall index that is used for the, the big watersheds where our reservoirs are in Northern California, Lake Shasta and, uh, and Lake Oroville. Um, that's only at 50% of normal. So what this all adds up to is a situation where water supplies are, are down. They're much less than we were a year ago because we had a dry winter last year as well. And, and now the, the uh, big uh, water agencies and, and uh, you know, the, the agencies that control water are putting everybody on notice. You know, 
we're not going to have a lot this year and you have to get ready for maybe uh, some, some pretty uh, strong actions mm. to conserve this this next year. Say more about that. What specifically are water officials telling cities and ag folks in ag at this point? Well, the, the two big water projects in the state are the state water project. The uh, California Department of Water Resources runs that, and that supplies 27 million people in Southern California, Central California, and a big part of the San Joaquin Valley. And then there's the Central Valley Project, which also uh, supplies water to a lot of farms for, you know, south uh, in the Central Valley and uh, to cities, uh, for instance, in the, the South Bay gets Central Valley Project water. And so the State Water Project told uh, users or contractors earlier this week that they, they can only expect 5% of the requested amount this year. The Central Valley project, the the federal project, actually told users south of the the uh, Delta that they are not going to get any water. It looks like at this point, um, so they have to look to other sources. So there are other, you know, there's water trading that goes on. There's water banking. Um, there's uh, the use of groundwater. Uh, all these things are going to be tapped, and and then there's another level to this where. The state has an agency called the Water Resources Control Board, and they actually control uh, how water rights are used. So there are many, you know, thousands and thousands of, uh, uh, you know, farms and uh, agricultural, uh, like irrigation districts throughout the state that have the right to withdraw water from lakes or rivers. Those rights can be curtailed if flows fall during a drought. And the Water Resources Control Board is starting to talk about, they haven't said anything about curtailment, but they're telling all their customers, all their contractors, listen, you have to be ready for to take strong action because of the situation we're in. Wow. We're talking about warnings issued yesterday by California water agencies of a deepening drought ahead with Dan Brecky, editor and reporter for KQED News. You, our listeners, are with us. And let me go to John in Oakland. Hi, John. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Um, I'm calling because my first comment is that solutions to fix the water crisis are often dismissed as too expensive and very quickly dismissed as too expensive. But extreme measures, I think, are are not they're just needed, 100 percent necessary. And we can't dismiss things too quickly um, because they're expensive when if you go back in history, for example, like the moon landing, what was that, like two, two and a half percent of GDP. And I'm not saying just California takes that, but just the climate crisis in general, which often surrounds water. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to do extreme things. For example, you know, and I don't know about the idea of building this again, it's going to sound crazy, but things need to be considered, but building a pipeline from, you know, uh, uh, the Midwest states that are often inundated with floods and water and pumping that water um, to not necessarily all the way to California, but at least to the Colorado River or other rivers that we use water from. John, thanks. Dan, I, I don't know if you want to comment specifically on, on John's idea, oh. but also I just think broadly he's raising this point about how are our water agencies thinking? Are they making major, maybe um, transformational investments thinking about this in that way as, as John would like to see? Well, okay, so there are a couple levels here. Listen, when it comes to water in the West, 
including California, no idea is too crazy. People <laughs> have floated that idea of building a pipeline from the Great Lakes to, uh, to the West to supply, uh, supply folks out here. Uh, people have suggested uh, building a pipeline system that might go up into uh, British Columbia, you know, that part of Canada, because they've got a lot of water up there too. Guess what? The people in those areas and the states and governments uh, involved aren't crazy about giving up their water for a bunch of Californians. So it, it I mean, it, the investment would be huge, of course, but the politics is also a, a, a big issue here. But, you know, who knows what happens a century from now? I mean, these ideas have been presented in the past. In terms of what the state and, and our agencies are doing, listen, there's a lot that's happening on a lot of different levels. So, so for instance, I mean, we know that uh, groundwater has been seriously overdrafted in the San Joaquin Valley. There's been lots of land subsidence. And the, the one thing the state has is uh, in the midst of is a very long-term project to manage that, to sort of um, uh, allow groundwater supplies to recover. Now that's a very, very difficult prospect because some of the supply capacity is lost over time, but uh, th there are regulations that have been in place that seem to be working, but we won't know for decades how well they work. In the shorter term, you know, we all get conservation messages and those have had effects. I mean, um, we use far less water, both at home and in agriculture, um, you know, per unit of, uh, you know, per household, say, or per acre planted. So there are lots of efficiencies that are happening. Um, the, the, the problem is, you know, we can't really depend on, on uh, a reliable water supply, especially with the effects of climate change. We don't know what's going to happen from year to year. And actually, if you look over the last decade, really, it's, it's more than just a couple of years. It's been a pretty dry decade with a historic drought. And now we're in second year of, uh, of, of something happening and we don't know how this is gonna shake out. Maybe it'll be really wet this next winter and everybody will be happy, but um, that's something that's unknowable right now. Right. Well, let me go to caller Karen in Ventura. Hi, Karen. Hi, good morning. Um, my question is about uh, something I heard on NPR Marketplace, and they said something about they're going to put water on the on the stock market for investors and speculators. How's that going to affect the price of water? Hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm not familiar with uh, what they were talking about there, but you know, there is there is a, sort of a water market that already exists. Um, you know, here in California, those with water rights with, you know, a more or less uh, secure water supply, and these could be uh, agricultural agencies, irrigation districts, um, they could even be uh, metropolitan water agencies. Uh, I'm not talking specifically about the uh, metropolitan water district in Southern California, but those kinds of agencies do have the ability to buy and sell water. And in drought conditions, um, we saw this in the, the last sustained drought that went through 2016. Um, water was selling at very, very high parts of the state. So that kind of thing already happens. Um, I would predict, though, if you get into a sort of a, a speculative um, sort of commodity system 
you know, like uh, you would see on the Board of Trade in Chicago or something like that for water, I mean, you would see some wild swings in the price of water. And, and some people would say that's great because that will actually make people very serious about how they use that water. Um, you know, there, there is a criticism about some of our water use that the water is simply too cheap. People don't value it highly enough. Well, one of the last things that it seemed like Karen was bringing up there was just basically how all these issues that we're talking about affect consumers. So let's just talk about this immediate scenario. What do you think this will mean? Will water bills go up? Will we see mandatory conservation rules soon, Dan? Well, I think it's too early to say uh, how agencies are going to uh, respond to this. I, I was in touch with East Bay Municipal Utility District this morning, and their drought committee um, has already begun meeting. And they're, you know, they think they're going to be okay in terms of the water supply for the next year, but the, everybody has to plan ahead. Um, it, you know, the typical practice has been to impose some kind of conservation surcharge if there really is a shortage of supply. And I would expect to see that again if, if we go into a, a real um, water supply drought. Well, we're talking about the worsening signs of drought with Dan Brecky, editor and reporter for KQED News. You're listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Well, this listener writes, I'm continually confounded by all the new McMansions going in, surrounded by brand new vineyards on the Central Coast. How does that square with what I keep hearing about our statewide drought? Who's in charge here? This listener is making me think a little bit, too, about just we really did only come out of a terrible drought in 2017. Memories of that are still fresh. Mm -hmm. And I think in some ways this listener is asking, you know, didn't we learn from that experience? <laughs> um, no. <laughs> I mean, listen, uh, it's a, listen, that's a really good question. Um, I think during the last drought, um, you know, the one that you just mentioned, some of the, you know, the eye-popping things that people would commonly mention were new almond orchards uh, being planted, uh, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of acres. And, um, you know, that's a very thirsty crop. Uh, people were calculating how much water it takes to grow a single almond. It was like more than a gallon. But there, we have a lot of thirsty crops in California. You know, the, the reason that happens is because, um, you know, if there is a water supply, either in the ground or there is an available water supply on the surface for a given piece of land, that's usable. I mean, that, people have rights to that water. And there is no central you know, uh, planning for, uh, you know, what people, you know, what people grow. Uh, you know, the argument has been made, and I think it's a pretty convincing one, that you don't want the state involved in that. But um, you do want the state involved in things like uh, managing water supply. So there is a conflict there. This listener asks, has it been considered that moving the water around the way we have in California has had a dramatic influence on climate change, bringing water to dry areas and changing the hydrosphere? You know, that's an interesting question. I mean, you know, there there is some small influence, but, you know, there was a period in, in U.S. history um, a, a century or more ago, um, actually going back to the late 19th century, where there is a phrase, um, rain follows the plow. And the, the idea was that if you, uh, you know, started massive agriculture in places like the, the high plains, which are very dry, that that activity on the ground would actually spur rainfall. 
And it actually, just by coincidence, it actually seemed to work that way at first. And then, of course, things went back to normal and a lot of farms blew away and wound up, you know, uh, obscuring the sun in places like Chicago and, and uh, New York during the Dust Bowl. Um, you know, there, there's no doubt that the way we manage water has dramatically changed, altered our environment and in ways that are, are, are very harmful in many respects. In terms of climate change, um, I'm really not current on the science on that. I don't think that in itself uh, would probably have a lot of climatic effect, though. Hmm. Well, let me go to caller Tamara in San Rafael. Yep, I'm here. Thanks so much for joining us. Go right ahead. I grew up here. I grew in, uh, up in northern Marin, northwest Marin. And I also lived in the Owens Valley. And we all know what happened to Mono Lake in the Owens Valley. Um, and I also lived in South Dakota when the Army Corps went up with a proposal to pump water from South Dakota to California. <laughs> and I fought that big time. And I would fight us taking water from anywhere else. I think it's time we learn to live within our caring capacity. I can't believe we haven't issued a conserved water moratorium already. I think it's reprehensible that we have surcharges on conserving water. And finally, I think it's really time for us to consider multiple desalination plants up and down our coast. We've got to quit stealing from everybody else. That's my comment. Tamara, thanks for the comment. You got a reaction, Dan? Well, I don't have any argument with uh, anything uh, Tamara said. I mean, um, you know, some of these solutions people have talked about for years, like desalination. I mean, the the uh, the barrier there has been expense. I mean, the water you get from desalination is very expensive. Um, you know, uh, you know, people who follow water very closely you know, we'll, we'll tell you that we're doing a lot of things better in terms of, of managing surface water supplies and, um, and, you know, and not building big new facilities that are, you know, like dams that are designed to transfer water from one place to another. But it's clear that um, much more, much closer management is going to be needed in the future as our population grows. Dan, we have less than a minute, but I'm curious, and I know it's hard to say, but when do you think we'll see a drought declaration? From the governor? You know, from, it, yeah. it, well, I mean, we're we're probably months and months away from something like that. I, mean, I did we're headed, see a year prediction in one of the articles. Yeah, there, it's yeah. a year. I mean, we'll, listen, a year from now, we'll know. And hopefully, we'll all be, you know, um, celebrating a wonderful wet winter with uh, abundant um, runoff and salmon leaping uh, and everything else. Right. But as our listeners have been, what I feel like I've been hearing from them is that we can't rely on that. Even no, if we, we don't can't. get a drought declaration, it sounds like there's a lot that can be done between now That's and then. Right. Well, Dan Brecky, editor and reporter for KQED News, thanks so much for talking with us about these dire warnings issued yesterday by water agencies and and where we are in the state. Really appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate being here. Thanks, Amina. And thanks to our listeners for their comments, questions, and concerns. A lot to watch moving forward. Susan Britton produced this segment. I'm Mina Kim. Thanks for listening to Forum.
Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio and the Germanicos Foundation and the Generosity Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Soul to Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Soul to Story are available now.